Johnston County, but in Wayne County as well. And so, man, we just really appreciate you so very much. We are continuing in our series today entitled, I Am the Bridge. Turn to somebody real quick, look at them in the eye and say, I am the bridge. It's it's Sunday, baby. Amen. It's fall. It's cool. Come on. How many of you guys are ready for fall right around the corner? All right. Three of you. Man, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you guys. Hey, you know me. The quieter you are, we'll be here all day. Amen. Little amen every once in a while. Dude, we get you out of here in like 15 minutes. Amen. There you go. So anyway, turn to somebody and say, I am the bridge. What are we the bridge to? Because it's not just a name. It's not just a building, if you will. We are the bridge to the hurting, to the homeless. We are the bridge to those that are lost, those who are without hope. We are the bridge to all of these individuals. Why? Because we are the church. We talked about this last week. The church, the ecclesia, the church is not just a building. It's not brick and mortar and metal and materials. The church is who? The church is you and I. We are the church and we are called to go out and bridge the gap, if you will, to those who are hurting, to those who are homeless, to those who have no hope. We're called to to connect them, to bridge them to Jesus Christ. So therefore, we are the bridge. And we started talking about this last week and we're going to continue with that topic today. And before we kind of jump into it, you know, there's some just some things on my heart and everything. I just wanted to kind of unpack for a few minutes, if you would. How many of you know that we're living in interesting times? We're living in interesting times. I mean, everywhere you go, everybody's talking about this pandemic that we're in. Rightfully so. I mean, the news media is talking about it. Social media is talking about it. School systems are talking about it. Churches are talking about it. Everybody's talking about the pandemic called COVID-19. And so now it's all of the conversations about masks and shields and viruses and vaccines. And then there's the question, will North Carolina ever really fully open? I mean, that's a question that we're asking ourselves because we went from phase one to phase one. Amen. And then we went to phase two and now we're at phase 2.5 and it's, it's, it seems to be all this confusion. And the reason for the confusion, if I could just be honest, is because we've gone off the map. We're not even on the map anymore. Nobody has answers for the things that we're dealing with right now. And we're looking to all these different people. We're looking to scientists and the politicians, which you know they're going to lie. But anyway, we're looking to all these crazy people. And everybody's wanting to know what's going to happen. And we're trying the best that we can to stay safe. But let me ask this question. How many of you would be glad if you never heard the word COVID again? Anybody would be glad about that? How many of you long for the day when COVID is a memory? Fact is, that's kind of front and center of everything that's going on right now. Is Everybody's talking about the pandemic, but what if I told you that there was actually an epidemic that nobody's talking about? There's the pandemic, there's COVID-19, serious, of course. What do we do? 
when we're trusting God, and everybody seems to be caught up in the pandemic, which is COVID, but nobody's talking about the epidemic that's right up under our noses. And I'm talking about the epidemic of fatherlessness. And that's what I want to talk about today. How can we become the bridge to the fatherless? If you have your Bibles, go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. If you have a mobile device, go ahead and open that up. Click there if you will. Hey, this is a great time if you haven't already to download the Bridge app. You can go to that app. You could go to Notes, go to Smithfield, and all of my notes are right there on that app. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Now let me just set this up for you just for a moment. When you start reading the New Testament, there was a guy by the name of Paul who is said to write some 13 books in the New Testament. Some say more, some say less, round about 13. So Paul would write these letters to either churches or pastors. So when you start reading in the New Testament and you look at these letters that Paul wrote, if it had a person's name like Timothy or Titus, then Paul was actually writing to a pastor. However, if it had a city name like Corinthians, the city of Corinth, then Paul was actually writing to an entire church. And so that's what he was doing. Another thing to understand about Paul, Paul was a church planner. He was an apostle, which is part of that role as being that church planner. And so Paul would actually go into a city or a town, and he would actually pull things together, start a church, get the people in line, put a pastor in place, and then once everything was established, he would move on to another community, another city, another town. And that's what Paul did here at Corinth. And so it's been about three years since he's planted this church, and now he's writing these guys a letter. The interesting thing about Corinth is Corinth was a lot like America. Just gives you three things how they were very similar. For instance, Corinth had very smart, almost intellectual, arrogant people. Come on, thought they knew everything. So, a lot like America. Not only that, Corinth was very prosperous, very wealthy, again, much like America. But then, Corinth also had a lot of immorality, again, much like America. And so, Paul establishes this church. He gets it going. He he walks away, goes to another city, another town. And he hears about some things that's happening here. And so, Paul is actually writing this letter as if a corrective letter, if you will, writing it to the church at Corinth. And Paul was actually like their spiritual father. And he's writing this letter and he's saying, hey guys, there's, there's a key relationship you're missing. And so let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 14. Starting at verse 14. Here's what Paul says. He says, I'm not writing this to shame you. And the reason why he's saying that is because up to this point, Paul has been a little hard on these guys. He's going to get even harder on them as the letter goes. But for right now, he says, I'm not writing this to shame you. Watch the wording here. But to warn you as my dear children. Again, Paul having this really deep love for these guys because he saw himself as their spiritual father. And he's looking at these guys and he says, Hey, there's something you're missing. There's a key relationship here that you're missing. 
And he goes on and he says, even though you have 10,000 guardians, another word for guardians is the word teachers, he said, you've got 10,000 people telling you what to do. You've got 10,000 people bringing you all this information. He says, but guys, listen, you're missing something. He says, you do not have many fathers. There's a key relationship you're missing out on. You've got all this information. You've got all these connections. But you're missing the relationship that can help you and bless you. You're missing that. You don't have many fathers. And I mean, if you think about it, this was actually Jesus' whole purpose for coming, was it not? For instance, when you look in the book of Malachi in the Old Testament, that's the last book in the Old Testament. When you look at the last verse of the last book in the Old Testament, this verse actually sets up Matthew 1.1, and this verse really sets up the coming of Jesus. And so in Malachi 4, it says, hey, in the last days, something's got to change. I'm going to send someone who has the spirit of Elijah on him. And he's talking about Jesus. And then in verse 6, watch what he says. Last verse. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Isn't it interesting that the last verse of the Old Testament, God's saying, hey, this is something that has to happen And if it doesn't happen, what does he go on to say? He says, I've come to strike the earth with a curse. If you don't have this key relationship, and again, we're talking natural fathers, spiritual fathers, and our heavenly father. One of those relationships, hey, he says, hey, you're missing this whole thing. Which is why I think it makes sense that all of Hades would do everything it could to separate you from the relationship that God intended you to have. And so I want to just take a few minutes today and unpack that, to talk about what that looks like. So Father, we thank you for these moments. We thank you for this word. Speak to our hearts today and help us to hear from you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Turn to somebody and say, buckle up. Going to get a little rough. A little turbulence in the house today. <laughs> How many of you guys would agree that we are living in a technology communication age? How many of you would agree with that? You know, we've, we've got everybody on phones and iPads. Certainly nothing wrong with that. I'm not against it. I'm with you. But we got all this technology and we've got the texting and the tweeting and taking notes on the phone and, and social media and, and, and all of this stuff. And even when I said, hey, if you have your Bibles, turn or click. So a lot of people, they have the Bible version app and you do that. I've got that app as well. And, you know, all of this stuff is called social networking, you know, social networking. But here's what I've noticed about social networking is that what really has happened is we have become more disconnected than ever before. We've got more information, much like the Corinthians. We've got all this information at the click of our fingers. All the information, all the technology, but we've got less relationships than ever before. And as much as I love technology, as much as I love using technology, and I'm not that good with it, but my wife is, amen? So I love technology. I really believe if we're not careful, it plays into the enemy's playbook to get us relationally disconnected. When's the last time you went to a restaurant with you and your family? Let me encourage you, look around. Just look around. 
Missy and I have date night. We uh, Come on, all the men in the house said amen. All the women in the house said amen. There you go. Date night, guys. This is very important. One of the things that we uh, oftentimes stop doing as men is we stop dating our spouses. Big, big no-no there. So, Missy and I have date night. When we go out on date night, the rule is when we go into a restaurant, no phones. Now, she has her phone in her pocketbook because somebody may call about our kids, but we're not sitting there on the phones. We're, not, we're engaged with one another. Sometimes it's awkward. We just look at one another. I'm like, girl, you look good. Have I told you how beautiful you are? You look good tonight. (laughs) It gets a little awkward because we have this rule. We can't talk about church and we can't get on our phones. And I'm like, what are we going to talk about? So anyway, but we were in a restaurant not too long ago. And I got to looking around and there was a family Certainly not judging, but there was a family. Every single one of the family members were on their phones. They weren't talking to each other. Maybe they were texting each other. I don't know. But they were on their phones the whole time. The waitress comes up to take their order. They weren't even talking to her. I guess they were like texting her. This is what I'm on. I don't know. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, man, there is this disconnect With all the information, with all the technology, with all that is there, and the relationship that God is wanting us to have is crumbling. The natural father, the spiritual father, and the heavenly father. And hear me today for all of the moms in the house. Moms, you are amazing. Can we give a hand for all of our ladies in the house today? And I'm not trying to say you can't do a good job because you can. The fact of the matter is, you do a whole lot better job than the men folks do. You do. You take care of everything. And for some of you ladies who are single moms and you've had to step up and be both mom and dad, man, you are to be commended for that. But there's some unique challenges that children face when they don't have a dad around. And it could be in one of the three categories we've We've already talked about it. And it doesn't mean that there's no hope, but it just simply means that fatherlessness is a big contributing factor to a lot of the dark roads that our children walk down. The bottom line is there is a father factor involved in our lives. And it's such a big deal that according to the U.S. Census Bureau, 19.7 million children live without a father in the home. That's more than one in four children in the United States. Just to put that in perspective, if your child has three friends at school, one of those friends probably does not have a father figure in the home. And here's why that matters, okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a lot of statistics. It's going to be very depressing, but then I'm going to fill you full of hope, amen? We're going to be full of hope before we leave here today. But here's why this matters, because a study was found that children who grow up in fatherless homes, look at these statistics right here, they're two times more likely to be obese, five times more likely to commit suicide, seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen, eight times more likely to go to prison, nine times more likely to drop out of high school, ten times more likely to abuse chemical substances, twenty times more likely to have behavioral problems, 32 times more likely to run away, and 33 times more likely to be seriously abused. How many of you know we got a problem? 
we got a problem. And I realize that this paints a really hopeless picture. But hear me today because I'm not sitting here to tell you that all hope is lost. Because here's the good news I've got for you. There's never been a problem we face that God does not have a solution. There's never been a problem that we face in our homes, in our families, in our communities, in our society. There's never been a problem we face that God does not have a solution. So real quickly today, I want to give you three responses to the fatherless epidemic. Three responses. And here's the first one. Number one, get this in your spirit. God cares about the fatherless. God cares about the fatherless. And the reason why I know he cares about the fatherless is because the amount of times he brings it up in Scripture. He doesn't just talk about it one time, five times, ten times, twenty times, thirty times. There are 43 references and instructions to this in the Scriptures. Let's look at some examples together. Proverbs 23, verse 10 He says, do not move an ancient boundary stone or encroach on the fields of the fatherless. What's he saying there? Hey, take care of the fatherless. Don't try to cheat them out of anything. Psalms 146 verse 9. Watch the wording in these scriptures here. The Lord does what? He watches over the foreigner. He sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. Psalm 68, 5 and 6, God is a what? He is a father to the fatherless. A defender of widows is God in His holy dwelling. God sets what? The lonely in families. Some of you are saying, Pastor, you don't understand. I've never been in a good relationship. I haven't had a good relationship with my family. Certainly not my dad. And that's okay because God wants to connect you to a spiritual family. God wants you in a relationship so you can be as powerful as everything that you've been missing out on. And notice the result. When God sets the lonely in families, what does He do? He leads out the prisoners with singing. The fact is, there's a lot of people today, maybe even some of you in here today, you're walking around in a prison of your pain. Maybe because of something someone has done to you, something someone has not done for you, and you're walking around with this pain because of these things that have gone on in your life, and God wants to set you free. How? He wants to put you in another family. You understand? God didn't just blink one day and something happened that He didn't know was going to happen. God understands everything. The Bible says He's an all-knowing, all-seeing God that never sleeps nor slumbers, but watches over you when? Day and night. Night and day. So when you're asleep at night, God's watching you. When you get up in the middle of the night, God's watching you. When you go throughout your day, God's watching you. Why? Because He cares for you. And He says, hey, if you're not in a good family, don't worry about it. I'm going to put you in a spiritual family because I don't want you to be lonely. Only in this thing called life. Turn to somebody and say, God cares about you. Cares about you. Not only does God care, but number two, God commands us to act on their behalf. Who are the us? The us is the church, the ecclesia, you and me. He commands us to act on their behalf. James chapter 1 verse 27 says this, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. What are we called to do? Look after orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Psalms 82 verse 3. Watch the wording. Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Do you realize this is not suggestions that God is saying? This is a command. 
God's saying, hey, do this. Look after the orphans and the widows. Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Do this. And this is a command. Now, I want you to lean in real quick. This may sting a little bit. You understand you can't claim to love something you ignore. You can't claim to love something you ignore. And no doubt, most of us, when it comes to the fatherless and the vulnerable, man, there was no way we would ever mistreat them. But we're not really trying to do a whole lot to help them either. Just kind of ignore them. It's kind of like when you're riding down the road and you see the turtle in the road. You feel bad for the little fellow, but you don't stop and help him. Are you with me? We were riding down the road the other day. Some of you do. Amen. Some of you do. Praise the Lord. But we were riding down the road the other day, and Aiden was in the truck, and he was like, Dad, look at the turtle. I said, yeah, man. He said, he going to get squashed. I said, yep, show sure is. <laughs> Kept right on going. <laughs> Come on. So you understand, we feel bad about the fella. We just don't stop. But here's what you need to understand. You can't claim to love what you ignore. So here's what I need you to understand. If you're not fatherless, if you're not a widow, if you're not vulnerable, then God commands us to get involved. So here's the burning question. How can we get involved? Here's what you need to know. And that is that the church is God's plan A. The church is God's plan A. It's not His plan B. This is the go-to. The church is God's plan A. So how does that relate to you and I? How can we get involved? Let me throw up just a few things real quick. The first way is this, to volunteer. Volunteer. There are outreach opportunities all of the time right here. There's things you can do, things you can get involved in. Every single Sunday, we have people going out into the communities, feeding those that are homeless, helping those that are poor, putting clothes on people's backs. We've got medical units going out. We've got all of these things happening on a weekly basis. We've got outreach right here in our community. Just the other day, many of you know, we stepped across the street. We fed all of the staff at Triple S High School. Just fed them all because we love them. There's plenty of opportunities for you to get involved in outreach. Let me just say this. We've got an outreach opportunity coming up on Friday, October the 23rd. This is kind of an annual spaghetti supper that we do here. We do it every year. Because of COVID, it's going to be drive through so you won't be able to come in and sit down and eat. But every year we do this. There's a flyer out there in the foyer. Go by and pick one of those up. Lisa Whaley, our, uh, our outreach coordinator, is over that. And what do we do? We're raising money for missions. We're raising money for Triple S High School. We're raising money to help these who cannot help themselves. Man, you can get involved in bridge kids. You can step up and volunteer in there. You can step up and volunteer in the nursery. I don't do the nursery. I love your babies, I do. But me and the nursery just don't, we don't jive. And I've tried it before. I can't ask you to do something I've never tried. I went in there one time, and I'm telling you guys, at the end of the service, I come out and I was like, dude, there's not enough volume in Johnston County to put me back in there again. Just not. That's just not my gift. Amen. Not me. It might be yours. But you can step up and get involved. Get involved. So you volunteer. Here's the second thing you do. You give. You give. 
Offering fit for a king is coming up. A little gold envelope. If you guys don't have one of these, these are out in the foyer. Grab one of these. On October the 4th, we're going to be taking up an annual offering. And this offering is split up in several different areas. Remember, we talked about it last week. We're going to continue to help our missionaries. We're going to continue to help Bridge to Hope Ministries. That does the feeding. That does the clothing. That does the medical unit. We're going to be doing all of this stuff. But here's the one thing that I know. And I'm going to ask you guys again. How many of you enjoy what's going on in the four walls of this church? You know we're on podcast. Amen. You know people are listening. Amen. But anyway, how many of you enjoy what's going on in the four walls of this church? Yes, we love it. We're thankful for it. How many of you would say that, man, what we've got, it would be a sin to contain it? Amen. So here's what we want to do. We want to be able to launch the message throughout the community and beyond. And so we want to do that. And so this offering is going to help us do that. And with that, there's a lot of equipment. There's soundboards. There's cameras. There's all of that. So prayerfully in October, we're going to do all of that. Get all of that ready to be able to launch this out The message of hope. We're going to continue to support pregnancy centers. We're going to continue to support Falcons Children Home. We're going to continue to support Triple S High School and all of these other places in our area. But we've got to be willing to give. And some of you may say, well, Pastor, you don't understand. I I don't have a lot. Listen, I would ask this. What's in your hand? You remember when Moses went and God said, hey, I want you to go to Pharaoh. Tell him to let my kids go. Moses was like, man, I got all these excuses. I can't talk. I stutter. I can't do it. I don't have anything. What did God say? Hey, dude, what's in your hand? You got a staff. So I would just say, what's in your hand? So we volunteer. We give. Here's the third thing. And and please don't feel guilty about this one because this is not for everybody. But what's in your hand? The third one is fostering and adoption. Right now in the United States, there are over 400,000 children without a family. Over 16,000 in North Carolina alone. And of these 400,000 children, I want to just say this to you. Every single one of these children have a face. They have a name and they have a story. And I believe that God calls us as the church to care about those who are in need. Can I get a good amen right there? Now let me ask you this, what are some of the biggest problems of the world today as it relates to families? I want you to think about that just for a moment. What are some of the biggest problems today as it relates to families? Well, I put a little list together, if you would put that on your screen, and this is not an exhaustive list, this is just some of them. I think the biggest problems we have would be broken families. Fatherlessness, divorce, poverty, substance abuse, incarceration, homelessness, domestic abuse, gang violence, racism, teenage pregnancy, human trafficking, on and on and on and on. So how many of you can agree that these are some of the biggest problems that we're facing as it relates to family? Now let me back it up with another question. Who pays the highest price for this? Can I answer it for you? The children. The children. Those who didn't cause the problem, those who don't have the ability to solve the problem, and yet they're right in the middle of the problem, and they're paying the highest price 
But can I tell you something? Our God cares about these children more than we can ever dream or even imagine. And I believe that He calls us as the church to care for the children in our society. And everybody in the house said, Amen. Here's another thing we could do, mentoring. Find a father, be a father. Come on, find a father, be a father. Look around you. There's men who can act like coaches and mentors in your life. But here's what you got to understand. You've got to be the one to initiate that. Every mentor I've ever had has never come to me and said, Hey, Peacock, I want to mentor you. Nobody's done that. Every mentor I've had, I've had to physically go to them, spend money, take them out to eat, and I pay for it and say, Man, can you be a voice in my life for this season? You've got to be the one to initiate that. But don't stop there. Now that you've got a mentor, turn around and be one. Get involved in somebody else's life. Be that person who 20 years from now, somebody's going to look back at something you said, a prayer you prayed, something you gave them, something you did for them, and you impacted their life in such a way that 20 years from now, they're still remembering what you did. Find a father. Be a father. Mentoring. So again, God cares about the fatherless. God commands us to act on their behalf. Here's the third thing. This is the most important one. We're called to have a relationship with God, our Father. We're called to have a relationship with God, our Father. Out of all of the ways that God could have chosen to relate to humanity, He chose the father-child relationship. And one of the joys that, that I have as a pastor is connecting people with God. Because here's what I know. There's a lot of people today that know a lot about God, but they've never met God relationally. Where you talk to God, you pray to God, you get into His Word, you spend time with Him. And so again, my, my greatest joy is to see people connecting with God relationally. Let me ask you something. Why is it that we feel like we've got to be so formal when we talk to God? And, and, I, and I get there, there needs to be some, you know, you know, some honoring there. That's not what I'm talking about. But we feel like we've got to be so formal. I mean, we even call Him God. And don't get me wrong there, because He is God. We know that. But even Jesus, His favorite term for God was not God. It was Father. Father. And not only for him, but when the disciples came to Jesus and said, Hey, there's a secret you've got there in your prayer life. What is that secret? Tell me about it. And what did Jesus say? He said, Man, if you want to know what the secret is, here's how you start your prayer life off. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. It's the Father, Son, Father, Child relationship. We need to address God relationally, not religiously. You know, sometimes people, people, people put on a different voice when they talk to Him. They're like, Oh, Lordeth, we praise for Thee, Father in Thy holy, holy temple. And I'm like, Dude, God is not from England. Amen? No King James God. God said, I just want a relationship with you. Just talk to Him from your heart. Talk to Him. Develop that relationship with Him. James chapter 1, 17 and 18. I'll leave you with this. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from who? God our Father. Who created all the lights in the heavens. So here's what I want you to get right here. Watch these two things. 
Here's what you need to know about God. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. There's a God in heaven that loves you. He never changes. He never changes his mind about you. He loves you. Pastor, you don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand where I've been. You don't understand the the battles that I'm fighting and the things that I'm dealing with. But there's a God in heaven that says, hey, I love you. And I'm not changing. I'm not going to cast that shifting shadow. I'm, I'm, I'm staying the same. It says He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word. And here's what I want you to get. And we, turn to somebody and say, that's talking about you. And we, out of all creation, became what? His prized possession. Because He loves you. And He cares for you. And you may not have a natural father in your life. You may not have a spiritual father, but there's a God in heaven that says, hey, I want to be your heavenly father. I want to be the one to come in and heal those wounds. I want to help you. Some of you say, Pastor, man, I'm lonely. You, man, I come in here and it's great, but I go home and I just there's this emptiness inside of me and I just, I just feel lonely. Listen, God wants to set you in a family. There's a reason why you stumbled into the house today. You didn't just show up, just go, well, let me go to church today. No, I believe it was an ordained moment for you to be here. And God said, hey, here's what I need you to know. I love you, and I'm not changing my mind about you. I'm not a shifting shadow, but I loved you, and you're my prized possession." That's what he says about you, and that's what he says about me. And so if you're in the house today and, and you've been wounded or you're dealing with fatherlessness in your life right now, can I just tell you something? There's a God in heaven that says, hey, I'll be your father. I'm the one that created you. I made you. Let me be your father. Amen. Stand with me all over the house. So here's what I want to do. I want to end it a little bit different today. But there's a song that our worship team sang today that kind of, I believe, really goes hand in hand with where we are in this message. And so I'm going to have these guys come out. I want them to go ahead and sing that. And I want these words. I I, I don't want you to just get into the beat and and the music, but I, I want the words of this song to sink in your heart. And I want you to internalize this song in knowing that there's a God in heaven that loves you and cares for you.
Is that our anthem today? To the one who has rescued our soul. To the one who's, who's basically given it all. I sing forever. As a heavenly father that loves you and cares for you. So would you bow your heads just for a moment all over the house? If you've been here today, maybe you're listening to my podcast. You say, Pastor, man, I've grown up in a broken home. There's been a lot of things that I've that I've that I've missed. But I'm looking a father today. I'm looking a heavenly father. And he loves you and he cares for you and he brought you right here in this place, right here in this moment to let you know out of all of the hurt, out of all of the pain, out of everything that you've been through, God says, hey, here's what I need you to know. I haven't forgotten you. And I've brought you here to connect with you. You've got a lot of things going on. You've got a lot of technology, a lot of that stuff. Nothing wrong with that. But God said, hey, this is a relationship I want with you. So if you're in the house today and you mean business with God, he means business with you. If you say, Pastor, man, today's the day. I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to accept the Heavenly Father in my heart and in my life. Could you slip a hand up all over the house? I want to receive him. I want to receive him. Let me ask this. If you're in here today and there is a father wound in your soul, would you just be willing to slip a hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. Seize the hands. Pray for me. Seize the hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for healing on the hearts and souls of your people. Heal that father wound. Speak into their hearts. Speak into their lives. Lord, you've already let us know that we're your prized possession. You haven't forgotten about us. You haven't changed your mind about us. And so God, we give you everything we've got right now. And we pray for healing and restoration to take place in our hearts and in our souls. God, you set the lonely in families. That's what we are here, Father. We're a family. And so I pray, Lord, that we'll do our part to step out and minister to so many people around us. We're the bridge. And that's not just a name. That's not just a building. That's, that's, that's who we are as the ecclesia, as the church. We're, we're the bridge. We're helping the fatherless. We're helping the poor. We're helping those who have no hope. We're helping those that are lost. We're, we're the bridge. And so God, we, we give you everything we've got today in Jesus' name. I want you to look at me real quick. Let me leave you with, let me leave you with this. I know I've gone a little longer than what I usually do. But I feel this in my heart for some of our men in the house. Men, I want to speak to you. There's a God that loves you, man. He loves you. He hasn't forgotten you. He puts you right here to let you know that you matter to Him and you're important to Him. And don't you let the enemy play with your mind and say, well, you're just like so-and-so. No, you're not. 
you're your own man. You're your own person. And God's doing great things in you. I just want to say to all of our men in the house, hey, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You could have buckled in and gave up under the pressure. You could have walked away, but you're still standing. I'm proud of you. Come on, can we give all of our men in the house a big God bless you? Proud of you. So Father, we love you today. We thank you for moments like this. What an amazing day. You've ministered to our hearts in ways that, Lord, we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be remembering this, I believe, for months and years to come. You're our Father. In Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said amen. Love you guys. Give God a big hand. Come pray.